0: Amen. Let's take our seats and uh, just notice before we come to the reading, I'm going to read from John's Gospel, Chapter 1. But speaking of Christ and then speaking of the Church, because of our union with Christ, notice it says, Your law is in my heart and my soul. So never allow someone to say to you that the Ten Commandments are irrelevant for the Church. That's completely and totally unbiblical. In fact, in the New Covenant, the Holy Spirit will strengthen the Ten Commandments to be written into our hearts. But I'm going to be reading from John's Gospel. I'm going to read from the New American Standard Version. So I want to encourage you just to simply hear the Word of God read and let the truths of John's Gospel sink into our ears. The simplicity of this reading is remarkable. Many of the words, certainly in English when they're translated, are just one syllable. What does that mean, one syllable? Word, light, and so forth. The simplicity is remarkable. So let's hear the reading of the Word of God from John's Gospel, chapter 1, from 1 to 18. In the beginning was the Word... And the Word was with God. And the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things came into being through Him, and apart from Him, nothing came into being that has come into being. In Him was life and the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not comprehend it. There came a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness to testify about the light, so that all might believe through him. He was not the light, but he came to testify about the light. There was the true light, which coming into the world enlightens every man. He was in the world, and the world was made through him, and the world did not know him. He came to his own, and those who were his own did not receive him. But as many as received him, to them he gave the right to become children of God, even to those who believe in his name. Who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. Verse 14, And the Word became flesh, and dwelt among us. And we saw his glory, glory as of the only begotten, from the Father, full of grace and truth. John testified about him and cried out, saying, This was he of whom I said, He who comes after me as a higher rank than I, for he existed before me. For of his fullness we have all received, and grace upon grace. For the law was given through Moses. Grace and truth were realized through Jesus Christ. No one has seen God at any time. The only begotten God who is in the bosom of the Father, he has explained him. The title of the sermon this morning is absolutely simple. The Word became flesh. The Word. The Word. The Word what? The Word became flesh. We've just heard the reading here from the Word of God. And it's almost as if I don't need to preach. Because the Word of God has preached for us already. And pointed us to jesus christ but preach we must and the hearing of preaching we must nothing can replace sitting under the preaching of the word of god nothing can replace that it's god's means for edifying his church it's god's means for strengthening his church it's the means that god almighty has ordained. And Jesus himself was the word who became flesh. And as he grew up, he became a preacher. And what did he preach? The good news, the gospel. What a a wonderful savior we have. And so what we're doing here this morning, we're following in the footsteps of Jesus Christ, our Lord. And so I have three simple headings for us because Jesus has commanded that the word would be preached. Read it must be read, read, the word of God must be read in public worship if we are to follow true worship. But the word of God must be preached, and the Holy Spirit takes hold of that preach word and uses it powerfully. Do you believe that? That's what God has promised to do. We're not sat here this morning just engaging with uh, religious activity. We're in the presence of Almighty God, and so the three headings that we have for us from the text this morning is number one, the Eternal Son, the Eternal Son, whom John calls the Word, the Eternal Son. The second heading moves on from that. The Eternal Son. Uh, let me just check my headings here the eternal son enters time. The eternal son enters time. And thirdly, the eternal son's purpose. The eternal son's purpose. And did you notice in verse 18, I've I've deliberately chosen to read and to preach from the New American Standard Version. I, I very much am very happy with the ESV version, but in one place, uh, the ESV uh, doesn't translate this Greek word of only begotten, as only begotten, and often would translate it as the only son. That doesn't mean I reject that translation. Uh, you know, That doesn't mean that whatsoever. But here in the New American Standard Version, as in verse 14, we find that Jesus referred to as the only begotten. He, he is the only begotten one. He's begotten from who? He's begotten from the Father. And this is so important for us. Because what we're going to find this morning is that there's no difference between the Father and the Son. They are identical of the same essence. And yet they're different. One is the Father and one is the Son. And we worship Him. We worship the whole Trinity. And all three persons of the Trinity uh, are and have been involved in the sending of the second person, of the Trinity, who is Jesus Christ. And what is John doing? He's teaching the truth. But in John's gospel, we find in verse 18, no one has seen God at any time. Have you ever met someone? They said, yes, God appeared to me this morning. Well, don't listen to them. God is revealed to us through the scriptures. No one has seen God at any time. You only get to see God either when Jesus comes again or you, you're a Christian and you die and go to meet with the Lord. That's when you see God, but not before. No one has seen God at any time. The only begotten God who is in the bosom of the Father, he has explained him. Jesus comes to explain the Father. Perhaps you've heard of the word exegesis. Exegesis exegesis means to bring out the intended meaning of scripture that's what John 1.18 tells us Jesus came to explain who the invisible God is and what a wonderful thing Jesus has done for us and John is writing carefully under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit of God and what we've just heard this morning John writes It is writing to teach the church in all time as an apostle, but specifically in his own day, there were heresies. Can you believe that? There were false teachings in the first century. And what would they be attacking? They were attacking the very person of Jesus. Can you believe it? They were saying things like, Jesus is not God. Can you imagine saying such blasphemous thoughts? What do you mean Jesus is not God? They were the early, what we call, Jehovah's Witnesses who deny the deity of Jesus. In fact, we can't ascribe it just to them because every religion outside of the true religion will deny who Jesus really is. And we confess as the people of God here this morning that Jesus Christ is fully God. He came fully God and fully man. We confess that Jesus Christ came in the flesh and we do not yield one millimeter to false teaching about who Jesus is. And so our first heading is the eternal son. And look how John begins. He says, in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God what does that remind us of the very first verse in the bible remember from genesis chapter one in the beginning god created the heavens and the earth how does john trumpet the beginning he says of of his gospel in the beginning was the word and the word was with god and the word was god what should we do now Oh, come, let us adore him. Let's worship the Lamb of God. In the beginning, before time, before time was created by the Trinity, before clocks and watches were ever even known of by us, before man was created, in the beginning was the word Logos. It's a simple word that John's using. And he's applying it to Jesus. What are we doing this morning? I'm preaching the word of God. What are you doing in church? You're listening to words. And God has created us to be able to hear words. It's a, that itself is a marvelous thing, is it not? That God has created the eardrum on the sides of our heads. And as the Word is preached, we get to know about God through words that are preached. What a wonderful thing. The eternal Son is the Word. That's who he's described as. Who The Nicene Creed describes him as the only begotten, begotten of the Father before all worlds, before the moon was created, Jesus was with the, well, the Son of God who took upon himself the name Jesus. The eternal Son of God always was. Do you confess this morning that Jesus is the eternal Son of the living God? That's what the Word of God teaches. First, he's the the Word. Secondly, it says he was in the beginning with God. All things came into being through him, and apart from him, nothing came into being that has come into being. People who saw Jesus of Nazareth, it says in Isaiah, there was no beauty that we should desire him. People wouldn't even know on the outward appearance. Man looks at the outward appearance, but God looks at the heart. And God is looking at my heart this morning. God is looking at your heart this morning. And God sees everything. So let's be reminded, it's to God alone that we'll give an account in the final day. Are we prepared and preparing to meet this God? And here we find this in verse 4. Of the Word who is Jesus Christ. And listen to how simple these words are. There are many different people here with different backgrounds. Some people love English. Some people love the English language. Some people love English literature. Listen to verse 4 about its simplicity. Speaking of Jesus, In him was life, and the life was the light of men. Not only is Jesus the word, but he is the life. He's the life bringer. Everybody who is here in the church this morning, every child, you're here because you're alive. We're not going to bring corpses into church, are we? That would, be, that would be an unclean thing. You have breath in your lungs that you, you were breathing as you walked down the path. Where does that life come from? All physical life Comes from God and Jesus Christ. What do we say to that? Blessed be God for Jesus Christ. But more importantly, spiritual life, to be born again, only comes to us through Jesus Christ. If you can say this morning, I am a new creation. I am born again. I was once in my sins, but now I've been made alive through Jesus. It's because God has been gracious to you through Jesus Christ. In Him was life. So Jesus is the Word. Jesus is life. But He's more than that. He's also the true light. Listen to 1 verse 5. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not comprehend it. In verse 9, there was the true light which coming into the world enlightens every man. Jesus is not only the word which he is, he's also the life, but he's also the true light. The true light. Now if he's the true light, that teaches us that there will be false lights. People will seek illumination in ways other than through Jesus Christ for forgiveness of sins. But we're here to herald this morning that no man can come to the Father except through Jesus Christ. And you don't need to be a theologian to say, Lord, save me. A small child can say, Lord, I heard that preacher this morning. And he was inviting us to pray, Lord, save me. Wouldn't we love it this morning if we could be given an audience to they've got Disney on ice, I'm told, at the Sheffield Arena. It's packed out. There's thousands there. Does that mean that we don't have the true light because we don't have thousands here? Perish the thought. Wouldn't we love to stand before them at the interval and say, at the interval, we want to bring some good news. Forget about Disney for a moment. We want to preach to you Jesus Christ. He came to save you. Will you call upon the name of the Lord right now and be saved at this Christmas time? What would the response be? We all know what the response would be. The response would be, get this man off that platform and let's get back onto the program. The only reason why we turn to Christ is the grace of God. And so if you're saved this morning and have come to the true light, may we never forget that we can only ever sing all of our days and into eternity, amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. So our first heading is the Eternal Son, who is also in one verse ten. He's the Creator as well. We've mentioned that already. Our second heading is this: the Eternal Son enters time. And let's look at verse fourteen. We're not going to go through every single detail in John one one to eighteen. We'd be here all day. But look at verse fourteen. It says here. And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. And we saw His glory, glory as of the only begotten from the Father, full of grace and truth. What a wonderful translation. Here in the New American Standard, Jesus Christ is the only begotten from the Father. Who sent Jesus? The Father sent Jesus as the only begotten. The eternal Son enters time. Time that he had created with the Father and the Holy Spirit. And now the Son of God, it tells us, The first thing, he became flesh. He had a beating heart, just like you and I have. He became a man, a man who was without sin. He never committed a sin in his life. Because he's the eternal Son of God who entered time. But he became flesh. How humbling is that? Let me just give you an example. You imagine God comes to you and says, I've got a mission for you, young man. I want you to become an ant. And I want you to become an ant for the rest of your life. Now, what would your response be? Your response would be, what do you mean you want me to become an ant? I don't want to become an ant. I'm my mummy's, one of my mummy's favourite sons. Uh, You want me now to become an ant? This is, this is... This is, I don't want to become an ant. Someone may tread on me and then I won't be an ant anymore. Well, that is just a very small picture to imagine the Son of God who accepts to become the Savior to lower himself far lower than to become an ant. He's the eternal Son of God. And now we read, and the Word became how do we respond this morning oh come let us adore him Christ the Lord you can relax now you're not going to have to become an ant because Jesus has done this for us and the word became Flesh. That's the first thing about the Son entering time. The Word becomes flesh. Secondly, we find also in that verse, And dwelt among us, and we saw his glory, glory as of the only begotten from the Father, full of what? Full of grace and full of truth. So the Word becomes flesh, but then the second thing we find is that we saw his glory. And so through the coming of Jesus, we see the glory of God. Do you want to see the glory of God? How do you see the glory of God? What do you need to do to see the glory of God? You just open the pages of the Gospels, and there you see Jesus walking through the pages, revealing the glory of God. At times he lays his hands on blind eyes and miraculously sight is restored. Why? He's the eternal Son of God that has power and ability to do such things. At times he he does things and, and, and opens deaf ears and ears that have never heard the sound of birds can now hear birds chirping for the first time. He's the eternal Son of God, and we see His glory manifested. His glory is manifested as He hung on the cross. No wonder in times of revival, the church becomes gripped with the cross and sings hymns like this Here is love, vast as the ocean, loving kindness as the flood. It then goes on to sing, get the church sing about on the Mount of Crucifixion. When the Holy Spirit is there, not only Jesus will be exalted in the church, but the message of the crucifixion will be center place in our minds. Never allow the devil to cloud your mind away from the centrality of the crucifixion of Jesus and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. So the eternal son enters time. He becomes the word who becomes flesh. We see in verse 14 that as he becomes flesh, we beheld his glory. But then thirdly, we see that he was full of grace and truth. Full of grace and truth. And yet sinful man doesn't behold him. In fact, sinful man doesn't even like Jesus. In fact, sinful man at at times will hate Jesus and seek to do anything they can to close their ears and say, don't talk to me about Jesus. Why would that be? It's sin. And then we see in verse 18, no one has seen God at any time, the only begotten God. Some translations say the only begotten Son. They mean the same. When you read the Son, you're getting a declaration that the Son is God. When you read God or Son, God is one. God can't be divided up. But Jesus is the only begotten. And notice the phrase only. He's unique. There's no other. He will not share his glory with any human being. God will not share his glory with a preacher. He will not share his glory with any Christian. He alone will be glorified. He's the only God. And his Son is the only begotten Son. And how do we respond this morning? We worship, we praise, and we glorify God. The Son of God is full of grace and truth. What a wonderful message. I'm not again singing Christmas hymns and carols, far from it. I love singing them. But I love preaching more. Because I've been involved in the church since 1965, that's a long time. And there's been times when I would sing carols as a young boy... But I would leave and never know more about the gospel than when I first walked into church and when I left. It's fine singing wonderful songs, but wonderful songs about our Savior will never replace preaching from the Word of God. And so if we have carol services, that's well and good. Providing the Word of God is going to be preached. Because it's the preaching of the Word that God has commanded the church to do and it's the hearing of the Word of God, as we know that Bible verse. So then faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God. And so thirdly, our last heading is this, the Son's purpose. We've seen that the Son, the eternal Son, first of all. Secondly, the eternal Son enters time. And thirdly, the Son's purpose, because it says here in verse eighteen, He has explained Him. The Son has made the Father known. And what are what's the purpose of Jesus? Well, the first thing that He came to bring the words of God. For many of you, you would say, if I was to say to you and shake your hand as you leave the chapel this morning, and and say to you. I'll not mention a name. But what's your favorite Bible verse? Come on, tell me. Many would say John 3.16. What a wonderful verse. Where did that come from? It came from Jesus. He brought the words of God. Listen to this from the New American Standard. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal He came to bring words to us. Notice the beginning of those words. For God gave. For God gave. I heard the story recently of a very famous English footballer. And the interview was just classically, it had nothing to do with Christianity, sadly. And the interviewer was asking this football player, what's the favorite gift you've ever had? And he starts talking about a BMX and this, that, and the other. And he said, I came downstairs and there was no BMX there. And he said he was was really furious that the one thing he wanted, I think, was an orange BMX. And and, and, And his parents had not delivered the goods. Can you imagine that? But then his dad said, come on, go make us a cup of tea. And he went into the kitchen and there was his prize gift, which was an orange BMX and he said it was the best present he ever had. And we're living in a culture today that celebrates Christmas, that people receive gifts, and they forget, or are not interested, on how this even began in the church in the first place. John 3.16, For God, soul of the world, that he gave his only begotten Son, what's the point if you receive an orange bmx or a playstation 5 or whatever it may be if you do not acknowledge the gift of jesus christ our lord that's the greatest gift that god has ever given this world it's the son of the living So the first thing that the Son's purpose was to bring God's words to us. Another word that he gave was to say, I am the way, the truth, and the life. What a wonderful thing to be pointed by Jesus, to Jesus, to find our way out of this mess of sin in this world. Secondly was the works of Jesus. Jesus himself testifies. It's in uh, the Word of God tells us in John 5, 36 but the testimony that I have is greater than that of John. For the works that the Father has given me to accomplish, the very works that I am doing, bear witness about me that the Father has sent me. His works, all of his miracles, not only his words, but his works. But then also his suffering. Jesus himself points to his own suffering. Listen to this in John three fourteen and 15. Jesus says, As Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, so must the Son of Man be lifted up. Listen to this. That whoever believes in him may have eternal life. That whoever believes in him may have eternal life. Two things for us. If you're already a believer, are you thankful with overflowing joy for the gift of eternal life? Life that will never end. Whoever believes in him, if you've never believed in Jesus, why not put your faith in him right now and call upon his name? And finally, Jesus promises the sending of the Holy Spirit. In John 16, Jesus says, I still have many things to say to you, but you cannot bear them now. When the Spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all the truth, for he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak, and he will declare to you the things that are to come, He will glorify me, for he will take what is mine and declare it to you. All that the Father has is mine. Therefore I said to you that he will take it, what is mine, and declare it to you. And Jesus is now returned to heaven. But we're not left alone. The Holy Spirit continues in the church, sent by the Father and the Son. And so as we've heard something of John's Gospel this morning, let us worship God for the sending of Christ, that the Word became flesh.